We're back here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. I'm your host, Chris Riley, and we're talking with Kenny Albert. Um, Kenny, everyone knows who your dad is, uh, Marv Albert, the great sportscaster who just retired after I don't know how many years of doing what you guys do. Um, what kind of influence did he have on you? Oh, huge influence. And most of it was the knowledge that I gained by tagging along. Uh, things would sink in via osmosis. Um, you know, like I said, I received a tape recorder for my birthday at a, at a real young age. And um, I started announcing games into the tape recorder and he would listen to the tapes. And um, I, I was just so fortunate that I was able to uh, travel and, and go on road trips with him to hockey games, basketball games, football games. Uh, spent so many days and nights at the WNBC studios in New York. He was doing the six and 11 o'clock news basically throughout my entire childhood. So I would just soak it all in. Uh, I would I would have the opportunity to bring friends along to games. Uh, when I was old enough, about 14 or 15, I would start to keep the stats for him at Ranger games and then a couple of years later at Nick games. So not that I didn't learn anything in school because I certainly did in high school and college and broadcasting <laughs> and journalism classes, but actually sitting in the broadcast booth uh, two seats away from him and, and keeping stats, you know, that was the best class that I could ever uh, enroll in. Uh, you know, where else are you going to get that kind of experience? Um, when I was uh, about to start working in Washington, I had completed my two years in Baltimore with the Skipjacks. Um, I came out of retirement, I, I like to joke, as a statistician, and I went with him to Barcelona and kept stats for the Dream Team games on NBC. So that was sort of my swan song as a stat guy, uh, working all of the Dream <laughs> Team games. But um, uh, unbelievable experience. Um, I just felt like I had such a head start. Uh, both by working the games on Cox Cable and by sitting in the booth at Madison Square Garden, Shea Stadium, Giant Stadium, all those years, uh, just learning how everything works, not only uh, the two announcers in the booth, but on the production side as well. Dad ever give you pointers? Or did you ever go for Dad to advice and say, hey, I got to ask you a question about something or, you know, what do you, what do you think I should do? It, it was more like a, not so much as a broadcaster, but as a father giving you advice on your career. You know, when I think back, I didn't really ask too many questions. Um, I would send the tapes home even when I was in Baltimore and during the early years in Washington. And he would give little pointers here and there for sure uh, and still did for many years. But uh, I don't think there were any specific questions. A lot of it just had to do with uh, maybe, uh, you know, smile a little more during the on-camera, the opening segment, or uh, bring the energy up a little bit during – uh, you know, this portion of the game. So it was little things like that. Do you feel pressure being Marv Albert's son, or was it just, you know, go carve your own niche in the world, Kenny? You know, it might be crazy, but I never really did. Um, and I'm not sure that uh, that would be the same answer for everybody out there, but um, I, I always put pressure on myself. I always want to make sure that I do the best broadcast possible and not make any mistakes and have great chemistry with the, with the color analysts. But I think going away, going to Maryland, to Baltimore, and then to Washington for those first five years, um, being out of the New York market, I think that really did allow me to forge my own identity. I think that was a big part of it, but um, the listeners might be surprised, but I, I never really felt any pressure in that respect. Are there calls out there that you'd like to relive that you've done? Is there one call specifically you'd like to go back because it was so enjoyable? 
Well, you know, I get asked this question a lot about the most memorable calls, and I'm not sure there are any that I that I want to redo. For example, um, the first one that comes to mind, if I go chronologically, um, I had the opportunity to call the Stanley Cup final on NHL radio in 1994, and it, it was just a, a crazy confluence of circumstances. Um, Howie Rose had worked uh, the final between Montreal and LA the year before with Mike Keenan, ironically. And I was working down in DC and I get a phone call uh, midway through the Rangers Devils great Eastern Conference final. Uh, hey, would you like to work the Stanley Cup if the Rangers win? Because Howie would be unavailable uh, due to his duties with MSG. And, you know, I- I'm jumping for joy, uh, rooting for the Rangers like crazy at that point. <laughs> and and up playing the Canucks, my favorite team as a youngster. And I get to call it as a 26 year old in NHL radio. And, oh, by the way, a side note, I wind up meeting my wife after game five. If the Rangers had won the Stanley Cup that night, I probably would have gone to a a party or a celebration at MSG, and we never would have met. The Canucks win that game (laughs) 6-3, but we met for the first time that night. And then I get to call game seven. The Rangers win the Cup for the first time in 54 years. So uh, that was a call that I certainly will always remember, and it has a special place in my heart. Um uh, calling uh, seven Stanley Cup finals on uh, national radio through the years. And then last year uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, calling that on TV for the first time was a great thrill. Uh, the Olympic hockey, which I mentioned, the gold medal uh, women's game in 2018. Uh, it's funny, the, the call that I get asked about the most often was a baseball game. And I've done fewer baseball games than the other sports, but the Jose Bautista home run and bat flip in 2015 in the playoffs against uh, the Texas Rangers. I'm asked about that one all the time. Uh, football, I've had a lot of memorable games, uh, playoff games. Uh, the Victor Cruz 99-yard touchdown uh, reception from Eli Manning, which helped propel the Giants to one of their uh, two recent Super Bowls. Uh, so that's certainly up there. Um, and hopefully uh, hopefully many more to come uh, in the future. I called one Super Bowl on international, uh, the world feed, the, the most recent Giant Patriots. Uh, Super Bowl 46 with Joe Theismann. So I'd have to put that one uh, on my list as well, for sure. What kind of advice would you give to anybody who wants to be a broadcaster? What are things you feel a good broadcaster has to have to be successful? I I would just say to get as much experience as possible, uh, whether it's on the air, on the mic, on a radio call, in front of the camera, on a TV call, um, I did a lot of writing as a youngster in high school and college sports writing, which certainly was beneficial, even though I knew I wanted to be a play-by-play broadcaster. So if you're a high school or college student, uh, whether it's writing for the school newspaper, uh, websites, blogs, the yearbook, um, so many of the colleges now have tremendous radio and TV programs. The ACC and Big Ten schools, um, you can work uh, for the respective networks that those conferences have uh, put together and you can call games in, in a number of different sports. You can work behind the scenes. So I would just try to get as much experience as possible, as many reps as possible. And, uh, like I said earlier, preparation is the key. Best piece of advice that was ever given to you, who gave it to you and do you still use it today? Wow. That's a great question. Um, I'm not sure I could specifically think of one piece of advice. I do remember, in my first year in Washington, and this goes back to the preparation, um, 
I'm always overprepared. And I always tell people you only use about 10% of the information that you have uh, for a given broadcast. But early in all of our careers, you try and prove that you did the work and sneak in too much information. And I remember Bill Brown, who hired me in Washington, who was uh, one of my producers on Capitals Games and the executive producer at Home Team Sports. He told me about midway through the season, he said, uh, you could pull back a little bit on the little uh, notes and nuggets that you drop in. Uh, we know you did. We know you do the work. We hired you. We're confident in your abilities. Um, we know you did the work. So um, I think at that point, I learned that you don't have to throw every little tidbit in during a broadcast, uh, only when it's pertinent. So I'll always remember that. Um, Ed Gorin, uh, who hired uh, me and a number of other young broadcasters to work NFL games back in 1994, uh, an early piece of advice was don't guess on injuries or penalties. And I think that's great advice, uh, no matter what sport you work, because especially with injuries, you just don't know. I mean, penalties in hockey might be obvious and football, not so much, but a uh, big piece of advice from Ed Gorin, don't guess on injuries or penalties. Finally, what does failure in life teach you? Well, I think you can certainly learn great lessons from failure and, uh, you know, hopefully you don't go through it too much, but uh, uh, there are probably as many or more lessons to be learned from failure uh, than success. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people in this business who have been rejected uh, from from multiple jobs and uh, keep sending out tapes and, and samples of their work. Um, I was very fortunate to get the Skipjacks job at a young age, and that led to the Capitals, which led to the Rangers. Um, a number of us, including... Myself, Joe Buck, Tom Brennan, and Kevin Harlan, young play-by-play announcers. We were so fortunate to be in the right place at the right time uh, when Rupert Murdoch stole the NFC package away from CBS after 35-plus years. So I'm real lucky that I haven't experienced too much failure on, from a professional standpoint. But uh, there are so many opportunities out there now for young broadcasters, whether it's at the major league level, the minor league level, on radio, television, internet broadcasts. I mean, when I was at... At NYU, we had a fight for airtime with the music department at uh, WNYU-FM just to broadcast the basketball games. These days, if you're in college, even high school, and you want to do uh, sports broadcasting play-by-play, you can you know, get some equipment, do it through a phone, an iPhone, and put it out there on the Internet for nothing. So uh, uh, there's just so many opportunities out there these days for youngsters. Uh, you know, there are times that I wish that uh, – the internet existed when I was in college. It would have made life uh, a lot easier as far as the preparation <laughs> and the technology. We had to write letters to the other colleges just to get a roster. And we'd wait, you know, weeks and weeks just to get <laughs> back in the mail. Uh, now it's one click on the computer and you have all the information right at your fingertips. Well, I want to thank you for your time. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, your insights were amazing. And I wish you all the best as always moving forward. And it's great to see you. And I finally get to see you in a different light than, you know, at a rink or a, at a building somewhere. Well, Chris, great to see you. Thanks for having me on. Hopefully we can do it again because uh, I do have a couple of more stories that I think we didn't get to over the last little while. So uh, good luck with everything. And uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. We'll have you back soon, Kenny. All the best. That's Kenny Albert here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR.